what's going on guys g-rod here and this is day three of the 31 days of horror the 31 days of horror challenge the 31 days of halloween or what i like to call the hashtag g-rod horror challenge and today's episode is special i have been waiting to talk about this film on a podcast for a very long time i'm a very big fan of this movie and I just let's just get right into it there's no there's no big introduction all i know is that this was a bar raiser for the horror genre it kind of reintroduced us to a a phenomena that was going to happen after this even though this wasn't the first but this was the one that got mainstream appeal and we'll get into that a little bit later today's film for day three is the Blair Witch Project, which was released on July 30th, 1999. And it is written and directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. And it stars Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. The film is about three film students that vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. Now, a little backstory to the people who are listening to this that wasn't alive at this point in time. I got to think about it. 1999, I was in seventh grade. So I know when this film was released, it had this big buzz that was going around. Now, this was before the internet was huge like it is now where there's Reddit and social media and things like that. So we didn't really have that around this time. And so the word of mouth was a lot more, a lot of TV spots and things like that. And I was hearing about this movie that was really scary, that was real, that this was an actual documentary about three people who went missing after going into the woods. And people were going around saying that, you know, they can't wait to see it, or but they're too scared. They're going to need a whole bunch of people to come with them. And, you know, at that time, I was in seventh grade, and I was really into these kind of movies. I really wanted to go see it, but my parents wouldn't let me. So when I heard that they went, my friend went with his mom and my aunt and just the people around me went and saw it and were scared to death. I knew I had to see this movie at one point in my life, whenever I was able to. And that was the appeal of this, that it was, it felt real. They marketed it as it was a real thing. And we were going to see the movie, the, the footage that they left behind. And that's what got me. That's what got a lot of people. I think that was the really good marketing hook. And at that time, the first of my knowledge, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that there wasn't a film like this out there that was doing this kind of a marketing campaign. And maybe one of the first early, you know, viral marketing campaigns that, you know, we get to know and love now uh in, you know, this point of time in 2018. Um I'm at the point where movies like this are really hard to come by nowadays. There isn't a movie that really sets the tone for a whole genre. And then the closest I think you can get is the conjuring because the conjuring was just so for me, it was one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. So at this point, when I finally got to see this, when it came out on video and I was terrified, even though, <laughs> Um, they showed up at the MTV Movie Awards and it found out that the whole thing was, it's a movie, you know, it's not an actual documentary, but it was very well done and it felt real. Um, 
the claustrophobic feeling of being in a tent with them. Uh, and then the feeling of dread growing and growing when you knew they were getting lost in the woods and they were turning on each other. Um, and, you know, you could point the blame at anyone, you know, either Josh or Heather. And Michael was just kind of the third wheel, basically, to these radical filmmakers. Um, and it's just a tale of survival, uh, a tale of dread. You know, because just the way it ends, it's just like, God damn, man, that must have been a hell of <laughs> a hell of a I don't even know how many days they were out there. Um, But just the the way that they shot it and the story behind it, if you look into it, man, they put those kids through hell, uh, you know, being out there and they, they treated it like they were really missing. And just the scenes like you don't ever get to see anything, you know, and that's the scariest thing. And the scariest, I think the scariest thing in the world is the unknown the things that you don't see, the things you don't know are there, you know, that are watching you, but you can't see them. You know, the scene where they're in the tent and they hear little kids laughing and then sounds like someone's banging on their tent and they all run out and they're running. Then you hear Heather and they point the camera over and you think you see something you hear with, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? And like, just the the little rocks that were placed around in this little cemetery and then the stick men hanging that that stuff's creepy man like it's just the little things like that that make this movie um incredible you know and i know this movie gets a lot of bad rap because like oh it's the shaky cam and i get sick and it's stupid and nothing happens well we're in a generation today where people need it to to happen right away like this like this like snappy snappy and I'm a fan of the slow burn, the things that just take a while to, to kind of get going, to kind of build that dread up. So when things start to happen, it hits you better and it hits you more than it would if you just got it right away. Now, there are great films that start off with a bang, but this one didn't need to. This was telling a, a straight story about someone getting lost. And like I said, it's that dread that kept building and building when you knew that there wasn't any hope for these guys. You know, this was before the the cellular phone thing, you know, I mean, phones existed at this point, but you know, there wasn't towers all over the place. There wasn't smartphones, which is all flip phone technology. You know what I mean? And so it was just, they were lost forever and they were just trying to figure a way out, you know, and they just turned on each other and, you know, they lost the map. And then you find out that Michael threw the map away because he didn't think it was helping just everything that led up to when Josh disappeared and then they found that like, you know, little bushel like tied with string and you find out that his teeth and I think it's his uh, Josh's tongue was in it and they didn't know who did it. And then they really, I think they started thinking like, yeah, maybe there is some kind of supernatural thing going on in here. And then they find Rustin Parr's house and, um, you know, they hear Josh's voice, but they can't find him. And then Michael goes down in the basement and he's the first one to drop the camera. And then Heather, you can hear from Mike's Mike's audio. You can hear Heather um, like upstairs, which was just scary. Her screams were just, I could still hear them right now. And they're, they're just, oh man, they're, they're bone chilling her screams. And then you see her footage. And you see her walking down the steps and going down. And then she sees Michael in the corner, just standing. Now, 
If you've never seen the movie, I'm going to spoil a little bit for you. So the reason why Michael was standing in the corner is because Rustin Parr, who was a child murderer back in the 50s, 40s, 30s, something like that, um, he made one kid stand in the corner facing away because he didn't want their eyes looking at what he was doing because he said the Blair Witch was telling him what to do, and that was to kill these children. Um, and the only way, the only reason why we know this in the legend is because one kid got away named Kyle Brody. So that's why we know Rustin Parr made him do that. So all that knowledge helped them come with, up with that ending. So they they wrote this whole legend. This legend isn't even a real, it's not even a real legend. It's something they came up with. So they, they thoroughly figured this all out and made this story so thick full of myth and legend for something that isn't real is impressive. So when Michael's standing in the corner, that's a nod to that story. And then Heather's camera falls. So something got him. And man, that ending is still freaky. And like even just the 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 title, the uh, the closing titles, the credits, um, the music that's playing over it's not even music, it's like noises and sounds, and it just reminds you of the woods, you know. And I remember I lived in this one part of town in Jersey called Irma and I lived in this thing called Sandman Circle and we were surrounded by woods and in every so often I would I, I thought I would hear that noise so it was like oh the Blair Witch is in town uh it was just always fun but this movie stands the test of time I know a lot of people say it doesn't like you know play well these days but like you can't think of that because of all the new technology and everything that looks so clean and super super sharp I like old movies. I like old film and I like things that are shot on film legit. So you can see that grain and see that, that um, toughness and that, and that grit that film has. And this movie definitely had it. Obviously it was shot in 1999 and um, the cameras that they used, you know, they, I think so the movie was shot in legitimately like in 1999, 1998, but I think they said the movie actually takes place in 95 or something like that. I, I think so. It's just everything about it is just gold to me. And it, it set off the found footage genre. Now there was a movie before this. I think there was two. So I think there was the Hannibal, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which was kind of like a documentary type film, a uh, mockumentary type movie. And then there was a movie called um, The Last Broadcast, which I believe is about the Jersey Devil. And it's kind of like the Blair Witch that never really made it big, but it was out there and it was made before the Blair Witch. So this was the first mainstream one that got a lot of attention. It's a cult classic. I mean, you can ask people, um, you know, do you know what the Blair Witch Project is? They're like, I've never seen it, but I know of it. I've heard of it. You know, so it's that ingrained into our pop culture. Um, but this set off that genre pretty much, you know, we got record quarantine, which is a remake of that. Um, just so many found footage films that, you know, came from this, uh, which some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Um, I mean, most notable one that, you know, came out of this genre that was great. And I think the whole series is great is the paranormal activity movies. Um, they still have that slow burn dread building tempo that I love. And I was like, damn, this is a really, really good nod to the Blair Witch Project. 
I mean, I know a lot of people, like I said, want that that gratification of uh, satisfaction that's there right now in the moment. I want it now. Um, you can't do that. It's not scary. You know, sometimes people pull it off really well. But most of the time, it's not. If you give me that slow burn that builds the dread, that builds the suspense, you don't know what's happening, you don't know what you're seeing, and then boom, you hit it and it hits good, that's when it's scary. That's when it's done right. And that's what the Blair Witch Project is to me. The Blair Witch Project also spawned a sequel, which we will be talking about um, this month. I will be watching one of the sequels, I think. Let me look at my list. I believe... Uh, let's see. Did I put Blair Witch 2 on here? The Book of Shadows? I didn't. I did not. I thought I was, I thought I was doing that. I also thought I was doing the new Blair Witch 2, but I, I guess I'm not. But I might do, uh, some bonus episodes because I love the Book of Shadows movie. A lot of people hated that movie, but that has a, that has a, uh, a, a sentimental value to me with some friends back in high school. We used to watch that movie all the time. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie, but it was fun. And then the Blair Witch movie that came out in 2016 that was originally called The Woods, and then it was like a big surprise at Comic-Con that it's a new Blair Witch movie. And it's a direct sequel to the original. And I didn't really, I mean, I don't even know what to think about it. It's one of those where I had to watch it a few times to kind of like, you know, appreciate, but it's not the kind of sequel that I would have done that I think a lot of the fans would have wanted I think it followed the steps that we wanted, but the ending was just way too out there. But I'm glad they took the chance to do it. I'm glad that we had more material to go off of. And it set the Blair Witch uh, lore into <laughs> something different. And, you know, it's not what I would have done. But like I said, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm glad that we have more Blair Witch material to go back and watch because it's one of those things like the last Jedi, like a lot of people didn't like that and the risks that it took, but I appreciated the risk and I thought they, they nailed it. You know, um, there, you know, I get why people didn't like it, but it's just, there's, you shouldn't bitch about it. <laughs> it's the, I mean, you're not going to be able to change it, but just be happy that we got more to watch in the franchise that we love. You know, we have three Blair Witch movies and we possibly might have a TV series coming out, which we'll talk about eventually one day. But the Blair Witch Project, man, it's a it's a bar raiser. It set off this whole new genre that became, uh, you know, a big part of the, you know, the the grand of the horror genre, uh, the subgenre, I should say, is the found footage subgenre. And. You know, Heather Donahue was in a few things. Joshua Leonard is now like one of the, I mean, you see him in everything, um, which is cool. Michael C. Williams is still doing his thing. Um, I love that they, that uh, Eduardo Sanchez did this whole like little comedy series on YouTube about making a new Blair Witch movie and, and Michael and Josh were in it. And it was just hilarious. And the sad thing I think about this whole, like the new movie that came out in 2016 and, 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 you know, trying to bring someone back is that the, the 2016 film, uh, had Heather Donahue's brother, you know, the fictional brother of the character in this. And it was him trying to find what happened to his sister. And, uh, 
you would think that they would try to, I think they said they tried to get Heather, but she wouldn't do it. And that's a shame. I mean, I get it. You don't want to go back there. Maybe you don't want to do something like that again. Maybe you're better off not acting anymore. Cause I know she was doing something with marijuana research and cannabis things. So that that's cool, man. More power to you. Um, Another thing that the Blair Witch Project uh, kind of did, which was really cool, um, it spawned these little young adult books called the Blair Witch Files, which far, uh, followed a character by the name of Cade Merrill, who was also the ghost writer name that the whoever the writer was used. So to make it feel like these were real books and it was the cousin of Heather and he always wanted to know what happened to her. So he does all these little investigations and these little books, man, they were great. I remember reading them in like my freshman year of high school. Um, It's just interesting. It was just a very interesting book. And then the last one was called The Obsession. And it was the full tale of Ellie Kedward, the Blair Witch of like where she was born how she got to America and how she became the Blair Witch. And I remember the ending where he's listening to these tapes that were sent to him. And then, you know, the tapes start talking to him. Like you wanted to know this. Now, you know, the tale. Now, do you want to know more? It was just a creepy way to end the book. So um, there was that. And then we also got games. There was Blair Witch games on, on the PC, which were fun. Um, I had those. I bought, I think that it came with the movie the three games and like this um, stick man necklace that was kind of, it broke very easily. And then there was a website called elliekedward.com. You can go to it and it it's like a, um, a visual story of who the Blair Witch was. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And then there's a lot to this. So when the new movie came out, the uh, Blair Witch film that came out in 2016, it's something I should have touched on when I was talking about this, but it's cool. We'll talk about it now. Um, they were doing a viral marketing campaign and I actually like messaged this Twitter handle called, I think it was called uh dark truth six, six, six or something like that. And they were going to send you evidence of the cover up and what, you know, what they were trying to find in the woods. And what came was this box and it was full of like, you know, uh, forest scrub, I guess you can say like shrub. Um, there was leaves like grass and stuff in it. And there was a stick man, like a made out of real, real tree branches, which was cool. Um, there was a box that was, that had witchcraft stuff carved into it. And then there was a map with a letter on it. Um, if you opened up the box, it was kind of like a puzzle box. It had a USB stick in it and it was like a green stick, like made of wood. And it had the Blair Witch logo um, carved into it. And it had footage from the movie. And what they wanted you to do was you upload the footage and start spreading it around, I guess to help promote the movie, which is really cool. Um, I love stuff like that. If your movie can benefit off of things like that. I feel like that's a good way to go. It brings more hype. Plus you get collectibles, you know, and I love collecting things from horror films. I don't have much, but I know um, I'm going to start collecting a lot more because, you know, why not? I love it. Why, why can I not do it? You know what I mean? So all in all, Blair Witch Project, a very, very fun film to watch, and I can't wait to watch this again. I hope you guys like it. Do you like The Blair Witch? Do you not like The Blair Witch? Let me know what you think. 
of the Blair Witch Project on Twitter at Real G Rod is my personal or at the G Rod Show on all social media. Tell me why you like it. Tell me why you don't. And what are your some of your favorite uh, found footage films? And also the other question is, what are you watching on day three? What do you want to talk about on day three? Let me know. And that is it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Blair Witch Project, one of my favorite movies of all time. Go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. If you have, go watch it again. It's good. Happy October, everyone.